Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of glaucoma found under the neurology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 55-year-old male presents with severe right-sided pain around the eye. He experiences blurred vision and nausea. His symptoms begin while at the movie theater. On physical exam, there is decreased visual acuity. Inspection of the eye demonstrates a fixed dilated pupil, as well as corneal cloudiness and haziness and conjunctival injection. Let's continue with an introduction to glaucoma. Remember that this refers to an optic neuropathy characterized by optic nerve damage and visual abnormalities. The majority of patients will have increased intraocular pressure. This is an important causative risk factor, and it is associated with increased resistance to aqueous outflow. This then compresses retinal blood supply or retinal ganglion cells. This may lead to optic disc atrophy with cupping, which eventually leads to visual loss. Remember that aqueous humor inflow and outflow maintains intraocular pressure. The ciliary body produces the aqueous humor, and the humor then gets resorbed by the trabecular meshwork in the uveoscleral outflow pathway. Glaucoma can be characterized into open angle or angle closure glaucoma. In terms of the epidemiology, this is the second leading cause of blindness. Cataracts are first. Open angle glaucoma is more common, and risk factors include a family history, age, and race. Now let's discuss open angle glaucoma. Open angle glaucoma is the most common among Europeans and African Americans. It is usually asymptomatic. In terms of the etiology, primary open angle glaucoma has an unclear etiology. Secondary open angle glaucoma may be due to neovascularization, such as in the case of diabetes mellitus, and may be due to debris, such as red blood cells, white blood cells, or pseudoexfoliation, or it may be due to corticosteroids or retinal detachment. In terms of the evaluation, one should evaluate visual acuity, visual field testing, intraocular pressure, and pachymetry, which is measuring the thickness of the cornea. In terms of treatment, pharmacologic options may help to increase aqueous outflow. These include prostaglandins, which are becoming first line, alpha agonists, and cholinomimetics. There may also be pharmacologic options that decrease aqueous production. These include carbonic anhydrase inhibitors, alpha agonists, and beta blockers. Other options include laser therapy, such as with trabeculoplasty, and surgical options include a filtration bleb. In terms of the prognosis, remember that this does not substantially reverse. Prevention may involve lowering the intraocular pressure, and complications include blindness. Now let's discuss angle closure glaucoma. Remember that angle closure glaucoma is more common in people of Asian descent. In terms of the presentation, symptoms include severe pain, frontal headache, a decrease in vision with photophobia or blurry vision, halos around lights, and a very firm eye. Physical exam may demonstrate a fixed dilated pupil, corneal clouding, and conjunctival injection. In terms of the etiology, this may be due to obstruction of flow between the iris and the cornea. It can have primary or secondary causes. Primary causes involve anatomical causes, 
whereas secondary causes are due to pulling or pushing the iris to shorten the angle. Remember that angle closure crisis is an ophthalmologic emergency. It can also be caused by midriotic agents such as atropine, where pupil dilation reduces aqueous humor outflow, or other causes such as infection or lens dislocation. In terms of the evaluation, one should evaluate visual acuity, visual field testing, intraocular pressure, evaluation of the anterior chamber via slit lamp, and gonioscopy, which is the gold standard. In terms of treatment, options include iridotomy, topical beta blockers or alpha-2 agonists, but remember that epinephrine is contraindicated as the alpha-1 agonism will cause medriasis. Other options include oral carboanhydrase inhibitors. In terms of the prognosis, remember that progressive vision loss may lead to blindness and if it is not detected early and not properly managed. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to glaucoma, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 72-year-old patient is referred to an ophthalmologist because he has noticed some mild discomfort in his eyes, though his vision remains unchanged. He cannot recall when this feeling started. His past medical history is significant for diabetes mellitus and two myocardial infarctions that have led to significant cardiac dysfunction. Specifically, he has dyspnea and peripheral edema and regularly decompensates into more severe pulmonary edema requiring hospitalization. Testing reveals increased intraocular pressure, so the ophthalmologist prescribes several medications. The medication for this disorder that is most likely to be contraindicated in this patient has which of the following characteristics? And the answer choices are, choice one, it alters bicarbonate metabolism. Choice two, it decreases intracellular cyclic AMP levels. Choice three, it increases intracellular calcium levels. Choice four, it increases adenylocyclase activity. Or choice five, it is produced by cyclooxygenase. The best answer to this question is choice two. It decreases intracellular cyclic AMP levels. This patient with ocular discomfort and increased intraocular pressure most likely has open angle glaucoma. Beta blockers are a class of glaucoma drugs that are contraindicated in patients with decompensated heart failure and act by decreasing intracellular cyclic AMP levels. Glaucoma drugs act either by increasing aqueous humor outflow from the eye or decreasing aqueous humor production from the ciliary body. These glaucoma drugs often work by modulating the autonomic innervation of the eye or by changing the vascular profile. Therefore, the drugs have significant side effect profiles and contraindications. Specifically, beta blockers decrease the activity of G-alpha-S receptors on the ciliary body and lead to decreased aqueous humor production. However, since they can also depress cardiac function, beta blockers are contraindicated in decompensated heart failure. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one. Carbonic anhydrase inhibitors alter bicarbonate metabolism. However, these drugs would not be contraindicated in heart failure or diabetes. Choice three, alpha adrenergic agonists increase intracellular calcium levels. 
However, these drugs would not be contraindicated in heart failure or diabetes. Choice 4. Beta-adrenergic agonists increase adenylcyclase activity. However, these drugs would not be contraindicated in heart failure or diabetes. Choice 5. Prostaglandins are produced by cyclooxygenase enzymes. However, these drugs would not be contraindicated in heart failure or diabetes. Finally, a bullet summary. Beta blockers can be used in the treatment of glaucoma, but are contraindicated in decompensated heart failure patients. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A four-year-old boy presents to the ED with a one-day history of severe right eye pain accompanied by nausea, vomiting, and headache. He is afebrile and he appears to be alert despite being irritable. Three days ago, an ophthalmologist prescribed eye drops for his right eye, but his parents do not know the name of the medication. On exam, his right eye is hard to palpation and moderately dilated. His left eye is unremarkable. What is the mechanism of action of the medication that most likely provoked this acute presentation? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Muscarinic antagonist inhibiting the pupillary sphincter muscle contraction. Choice 2. Iris neovascularization. Choice 3. M3 agonist causing ciliary muscle contraction. Choice 4. Agonist of prostaglandin F receptor increasing aqueous fluid production. Or choice 5. Alpha adrenergic agonist increasing aqueous fluid production. The best answer to this question is Choice 1. Muscarinic antagonist inhibiting pupillary sphincter muscle contraction. The patient in this clinical vignette most likely has acute angle closure glaucoma precipitated by atropine. Atropine is a muscarinic antagonist that inhibits pupillary sphincter contraction and causes medriasis. An eye that is hard to palpation suggests acute glaucoma caused by increased ocular pressure, which is consistent with central nervous system symptoms of nausea, vomiting, and headache. The most common medication to cause angle closure glaucoma is atropine, but this can also be caused by other midriatic agents. These agents cause angle closure glaucoma because pupil dilation leading to increased iris volume may prevent aqueous humor flow between the iris and the lens. Let's also discuss why the other answer choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Iris neovascularization occurs in poorly controlled diabetics, but occurs gradually and would not be seen in this young patient. Choice 3. M3 agonists cause ciliary muscle contraction, leading to meiosis and are used to treat glaucoma. Choice 4. Prostaglandin F receptor agonists decrease aqueous fluid production and are used to treat glaucoma. Choice 5. Alpha-adrenergic receptor agonists decrease aqueous fluid production and are also used to treat glaucoma. Finally, a bullet summary. Atropine is a muscarinic antagonist commonly used in children with amblyopia that causes medriasis by blocking pupillary sphincter muscle contraction. It has an important side effect of causing acute angle closure glaucoma. For the third question, Consider the following clinical scenario. A 45-year-old farmer with past medical history of diabetes, hypertension, and glaucoma 
comes into your emergency room confused, diaphoretic, salivating, vomiting, and shedding tears. He has pinpoint pupils. You conclude that he is showing effects of acute organophosphate poisoning. While administering the antidote, you should carefully monitor for which of the following side effects. And the answer choices are Choice 1. Tinnitus Choice 2. Bronchospasm Choice 3. Acute closed-angle glaucoma Choice 4. Barotrauma to the middle ear Or Choice 5. Hyperkalemia The best answer to this question is Choice 3. Acute closed-angle glaucoma Atropine is an antimuscarinic agent that can be used in the treatment of organophosphate poisoning. It has the side effect of increasing intraocular pressure and in patients with glaucoma, precipitating acute closed-angle glaucoma. Atropine is an anticholinergic, competitive antagonist for muscarinic receptors. It increases sinoatrial node firing and atrioventricular node conduction, opposes the vagus nerve, acts as an anticholinergic, and decreases bronchial secretions. Other side effects include dry mouth, tachyarrhythmias, and hyperthermia. Atropine may also be used topically in order to dilate pupils for an ophthalmologic exam, but it is contraindicated in patients with glaucoma. In situations of acute organophosphate poisoning, there are no absolute contraindications to atropine use. The publication by Fritzen et al. reviews the diagnosis and treatment of acute medication poisoning, including toxidromes, which are constellations of symptoms seen with ingestion of anticholinergics, cholinergics, opioids, and sympathomimetics. The publication by Edelston et al. reviews organophosphate poisoning, which is estimated to kill about 200,000 people per year, predominantly in suicide attempts. Although recognition of the diverse effects of different organophosphates is only recently emerging, consensus exists that early management with atropine, oxygen, respiratory support, and fluids should occur in order to support tissue oxygenation. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Deferoxamine used to treat iron overdose carries a risk of ototoxicity. Choice 2. N-acetylcysteine, an antidote to acetaminophen overdose, may cause bronchospasm, especially when given intravenously to patients with a history of asthma. Choice 4. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy used in the treatment of carbon monoxide poisoning may cause barotrauma to the middle ear, sinuses, teeth, and lungs. Choice 5. Hyperkalemia may be seen in acute digoxin poisoning. That's all for this review about glaucoma. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in, 
We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 Podcast.